0: Well, wasn't that great to hear? Yeah. Well, wasn't that great? I appreciate uh, all four of you guys, Brad, Greg, Priscilla, who I may, for going on this trip. It was, uh, you know, when you go on a missions trip, it is a life-changing experience. Because you really move yourself out of your comfort zone. You go to a different culture, Different city, different country, different people, different language. Like Espanol, Paquito. I kept saying that all week. Paquito, Paquito. Like I probably said that wrong. But uh, no Spanish. Like, you know, but uh, God, God moved in powerful ways. And when you surrender and you say yes to the call, even if you feel uncomfortable, even if you feel inadequate, like I can't do this, I, you know... <laughs> I'm fearful, maybe you're scared of rejection, or what am I going to say? God always comes through. And God always, um, he's going to speak through you. He's going to use you. So uh, never be afraid of of moving yourself out of your comfort zone. Um, You know, I was thinking about this Sunday uh, prior to going on the trip to Bogota, and, and I was like, you know, uh, maybe, maybe we should do like what they did in the book of Acts, you know, like give a report and talk about what God had done and how many people came to know the Lord. You know, like Paul and Barnabas and John Mark and these guys, they'd go out on these missionary trips and they'd come back and they would give a report to the church. And it would literally, the book of Acts, it says that, that it strengthened the church. You know, the church was strengthened. They were encouraged to hear that, uh, that the gospel was, was impacting people's lives. And so I wanted to do that today. So, you know, typically, you know, I'll, I'll you know, preach for about 50 minutes or so. And, um, but today I thought, let's do something different. Let's just have everyone on the team just share about their story and, and what God uh, did in their life. So so thankful for you guys going on the trip with me. It was a great week. Um, I want to say thank you for those of you that, that prayed for the team those of you that were praying for the team as we were leading up, for those of you that lifted us up in prayer every day, you know. Um, and I want to say thank you f- to those of you that gave. Maybe you, maybe you didn't go on the trip. That's okay. But if you gave, you were a part of the trip. You invested, right, um, in, in, in the gospel and in people's lives. Um, I, you know, I don't want to share too much. You know, each, um, each team member really um, shared about the trip. It was, um, it was a great trip. You know, we went to Bogota, Colombia. Nine million people live in this city, capital city. If you follow us on um, social media, Facebook, Instagram, really Instagram, we posted some stories and uh, you can check them out there. Just uh, We did kind of an aerial view, way up high, uh, Monserrate Mountain. And that's only three quarters of the city, massive city. Uh, nine million people and... Um, and we did these pet festivals, it was open-air preaching, Brad preached uh, twice. So what we'd do is we'd go in the neighborhoods and we'd be passing out tracts and sharing the gospel. And then we'd be telling people, hey, you know, bring your dog to this pet festival. And, uh, and then, so, um, it was, uh, they would play music and th- the dogs would be on the red carpet. And then, and then we would do open-air preaching, share the gospel, and then we would, they would give out prizes to the winners. Um, You know, Vida Nueva, uh, the church in Bogota, Colombia, uh, was started by two pastors that uh, got saved and left a church in El Salvador. Steve and Pam Kern, I went on a mission trip with them a long time ago to Nicaragua. Steve Kern was called uh, called by God to be a pastor missionary. And so he left the states with his wife Pam and they went to El Salvador and they uh, started to work there. Uh, started a church, started reaching people for Christ, and part of his vision was Metro 020, and that is to plant churches in big cities to reach people with the gospel. And so they have planted so many churches. It's called Good News in Action. Brad mentioned that. And so they have churches everywhere, Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, Costa Rica, Colombia, El Salvador. So you have this home church in El Salvador That is raising up people, men, called by God to be pastors, missionaries, and then they're sending them out, just like the book of Acts, to plant churches. So we went to Bogota, Colombia, to support Vida Nueva, a church there uh, that got started eight years ago. Pastor David told me about the first convert. He actually told the group, you know, um, about the story. He said, you know, when when I moved to Bogota, I was wondering... Who would be the first Colombian convert? And they were praying. And one day he was taking a shower. And um, I think it was probably only a few days in. He was taking a shower. And all of a sudden he's getting this, someone's banging on his door. Just banging on the door and screaming, turn off the water, turn off the water. And uh, he turns off the water. He doesn't understand what's going on. And he gets dressed and he opens up the door. And the, the guy is saying there's a massive water leak right below your apartment in the other apartment. And so David and his wife, they get ready, and they go down to meet their neighbor for the very first time. And he said, you know, can you imagine? You know, uh, know," he said, it wasn't my fault, but, you know, I was taking a shower, and there was a water leak, and it literally completely flooded the whole apartment. And so they got to meet their neighbor for the first time, and I'm so sorry, you know. And, and uh, then she, they got in conversation. She asked David, what do, you, what do you do? And David said, oh, I'm, I'm a missionary. I'm, I'm a pastor. I came to Bogota from El Salvador to, to plant a church and tell people about Jesus. And she said, I have been praying and asking God to send somebody to tell me about him. And the next Sunday, this family, whose apartment got flooded got saved in the church service. And I believe Pastor David told me that that family that got saved, first Colombian convert, they have been at the church ever since. Here's what I've noticed about Colombia. Okay, 9 million people, the traffic is unbelievable. Um, To go 8 miles, it takes like an hour and a half. Hour and a half, 8 miles. A lot of people have to drive 3 hours to get to work, 3 hours to get home. It is insane, the traffic there. Um, They also love their their coffee, Colombians love their coffee, Juan Valdez, right, I drank a lot of coffee this past week, Uh, actually my translators, well they love their coffee, they love their dogs, honestly I didn't see, I mean, I didn't see a ton of kids, but I saw a lot of dogs, their culture is very much like the U.S., people are getting married later in life, they're having kids later in life, And we would do these pet festivals, and I'm telling you, these people were into their pets. Let me tell you, into them. Um, And it was a great week. I was paired up with uh, Pastor David, his two boys. So Pastor David, uh, Pastor of Nueva, his son Raul is 15. His youngest son is David Jr., who's 13. And then they had a friend by the the name of Julieta. And... uh, uh, this girl that was a friend of theirs. And so I got paired up with these three translators. And uh, Pastor David said, hey, is, you know, is that okay? And I'm like, yeah, man, I love teenagers, you know. I got four teenagers of my own. So I got to hang out with these young people all week. And uh, I was so inspired. I was so inspired. I was so motivated by the faith of these teenagers. These teenagers, they were all in. They were all in for Jesus. They were willing to give so much time to, to translate and to share the gospel. You know, I, I, Raul, he was a good translator. But, man, I tell you what, the, the connection I had with David, who's 13 years old, this kid, he was a killer translator. He didn't skip a beat, man. I, I talk kind of fast sometimes, so I'm sharing the gospel. Bam, bam, bam. I mean, he's just, I mean, he's not even skipping a beat. He's locked in. He's translating. And um, and I got to spoil them all week, too, right, uh, these Pastor kids, I got to treat them to some Juan Valdez iced coffee, ice cold coffee. And uh, here's the deal. I hate coffee, but that Juan Valdez coffee is pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, Starbucks ain't got nothing on Juan Valdez, okay. I'm just saying, right. So um, let me share a few stories and then I'm just going to share a real quick devotional thought. I actually thought about, well, first service, we were under a time constraint and we, we ran really long, okay. I thought about maybe second service, there are no time constraints. There are no time constraints, right. So I could preach a 50-minute sermon right here if I want to. Anybody with me? Okay, some of you are like starting to look around, look on the ground. Um, but no, I'll be kind and gracious to you. I'll share the same thing I, I shared with the first service. I think I got to page 4. Of 17. So that's what we're going to do today. A few stories. We were downtown and that's what we did every morning. We did street evangelism. We got paired up with our translators. We got these La Grande Pregunta tracks and the big question. And we just went out. And David said, you have to understand in this city, it's, it's Bogota, man, 9 million people. People are in a hurry. They're in a hurry. It's big city syndrome, he called it. If he said it once, he said it a million times. And he's right. There was, a lot of, uh, there was a lot of rejection. Very gracious, nice rejection. People were busy. But, you know, you just had to be bold. You had to go out there and, hey, do you have a moment? Can I, have you, can I ask you a question? And, um, you know, they love their coffee. They love their dogs. But there is an openness there. People are... There's a spiritual hunger there. It, it reminded me of Nicaragua. Not, not as much. In Nicaragua, if you handed a track to someone in the marketplace, maybe a business owner, they would stop and they would read the track. They would stop and they would engage with you. They would they wanted to hear the gospel. In Colombia, not as much as Nicaragua, but the people they're searching. They're searching, they're open to, to spiritual things. And so I take these teenagers out, and we would go in the morning to the marketplace, and you had to be bold. And I remember, you know, we, initially we weren't having uh, that, that many conversations. And, and I remember seeing a young couple walking down the street. And I was kind of far away, and, and I was looking at them, and they, they, they were young. You can tell they were in love, they're holding hands, they're laughing. They're smiling. They're like eating something. And you know what? They're just chilling. Like chilling. They're just, they're, just, they're just strolling down the street like this. I mean, millions of people are passing them, right? Millions. And it was almost like they were, they were in their own little world, their own little bubble. And I felt God in that moment, I felt God saying, I want you to go talk to them. I want you to go tell them about my love and my grace, and so I raced over there with my translator, and I introduced myself to them. and I said, "Do you have a moment?" And They said, "Yeah," and so I got to know them, asked them questions, and and then I told them I'm from California. And, and Here's here's the deal in Bogota, or at least this is what I what I realized is when you they, you're a foreigner, they look at you, they you're different, right? You're, you're like really fair complexion and everything. You don't speak Spanish and So they're curious, what are you doing? Why are you here, right? And so great opportunity to share the gospel. So I engaged the gospel. I shared the gospel with this young couple. I want to say they're maybe 19, 20, very young. And I asked them, can I share the gospel? And they said yes. And I shared the the story, the, the hope that we have in Christ, that we're broken sinners and our sin separates us from God. But there is a redeemer, there's a savior who who's paid for all of our sins, and he was buried, and he rose again from the grave, and repentance and faith in him, we can have eternal life. We can have the abundant life now. Our life can be radically different, and we can have eternal life someday. And I looked at this young couple, and I said, have you ever heard this message? And they both looked at me at the very same time. They said, no, this is the very first time we have heard this message good news. We think everyone in the world has heard the gospel. But there are so many people that have never heard the gospel. And so that is why we go. That is why we went. That is why we went to Bogota to share the gospel. And I asked them, would you like to receive Christ? And a few seconds went by. And they looked at me, and they looked at David, a translator, a teenager, and they said, yeah, we would like to make that decision. We would like to ask Christ to be our Savior. Here's this young couple. I don't know if they're dating, don't know if they're married, but they're young, and, I, and they receive Christ. And, and, and I explained to them, here's, here's the Gospel of John and Romans, and here's a church you got to get connected to, and who knows Who knows what God's going to do in their lives? If it was a genuine profession of faith, then by God's grace, maybe they'll raise their kids to know the Lord. And maybe their grandkids will come to know Jesus. The family tree can forever change because of the simple message of the gospel. I remember we went to this neighborhood and we were inviting people to go to the pet festival and uh, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, what they do is they, they put on a pet festival so that they could invite people, and it's a way to share the gospel. So, you know, I told our mission team, we're, we're going to do a pet festival in San Diego is what we're going to do. Okay, bad joke. All right. Did, okay, didn't, didn't go very well. But um, I remember seeing a young guy walking on the sidewalk towards me and David, and uh, he was dressed in soccer gear. He was all tatted up. He had earrings, and he just he looked rough, man. This guy looked really, really rough, and my knee-jerk reaction was, "Oh no, you know, <laughs> this guy's coming my way." Uh, and then I just felt like God was like, "Man, like, go talk to this guy." And at times, I, I, I can be drawn to these guys, just these tough, rough guys. I've had so many experiences with guys in the states that. I mean, really broken past, you know, whether it's addiction or being in prison, all tatted up. I connected with some of these guys. So I walked up to this guy and got to know him and, and then uh, shared the gospel with him. And then at the very end, I said, would you like to receive Christ? Would you like to give your life to Jesus? And, and he just stood there. And I could tell as I was sharing the gospel, he was so interested. His heart was, it was so open. It was like he was melting and I, I thought, for sure, he, he's, he's ready to make this commitment. You know, I, 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 he, had, he had heard tidbits. He had said, I, I've heard a little bit of this, a little bit of this, but, but not the whole thing. And I said, you want to give your life to Christ today? And he said, let me think about it. And I tried to tell him, I said, listen, one of the most dangerous words is the word tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'll think about it. Tomorrow, I'll do business with God. Tomorrow, I'll get, my right. I'll, get, I'll get my life right with Jesus. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. And he just, he walked away. It reminded me of the rich young ruler. He had everything. He had money. Thought he was religious. And Jesus lasered in on the thing that really was keeping him from following Christ. And that was materialism. Jesus said, sell all that you have, give it to the poor and then come follow me. It was like Jesus was up in the ante. He was like, hey, do you, do you really want to follow me? Do, do, do you really want to surrender all? This was a heart idol in his life, money. And the rich young ruler, he was, he was saddened. He walked away. As we go to Bogota, some people hear the gospel and they receive it. Some people don't. But God calls us, Go. You know, God has a heart for the nations. You know, the Great Commission wasn't given to us by Jesus the first time. The Great Commission goes all the way back to the very beginning. It's mentioned in the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. God tells Abraham in Genesis 12:3, I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God made many promises to Abraham. But the big one was this. God says, in you, Abraham, in your seed, through you, Abraham, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Through your seed, all the nations shall be blessed. It's speaking about Jesus. Jesus is the blessing to the nations. He's the blessing to all the families of the earth. In Psalm 86, 9 to 10, it says, All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name, for you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. All the nations you have made. Psalm 67, one and two, may God be gracious to us and and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. We know about the life and the ministry of Jesus. We know that after Jesus died and he was buried, he rose again from the grave. And Jesus decided to, uh, to pop into a conversation to to join a a conversation amongst two two of his disciples. They were making their way to Emmaus, which is a very small village, and Jesus has a a great conversation with them. Literally, the Bible tells us that Jesus opened their minds to the scriptures. And he taught them, he he pointed them uh, to Christ He explained from the law of Moses and the prophets and and the teachings of the Old Testament all about himself. Can you imagine that? Jesus opened up their, their, their minds and their hearts. And then it says in Luke 24, Jesus said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And notice this and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. We know the Great Commission. The Great Commission, go, therefore, And make disciples of all nations. That's ethnos. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The great commission has become the great omission. The great commission has become the great suggestion. Well, if you have time then you'll share the gospel. Jesus said, no, this is the church's marching orders. This is the purpose of the church. Here's the deal. When it comes to the purpose of the church, we don't get to vote on it. Jesus tells us what the purpose is. The purpose of this church is to reach people who are far away from God, with the good news of God's saving grace. So on one level, the church exists for those who are not yet here. The great commission, co-mission. The the greatness of the great commission is in the two-letter prefix co. Check this out. The mission is a co-mission. God is partnering with you and I to advance the gospel, to advance the the spread of his name, the fame of his name. You are not on mission alone. You have the Holy Spirit of God living within you. And so when you go, the Holy Spirit goes. When you share, the Holy Spirit shares. You know, the church has been busy with a lot of things. Vance Havner, he said, Too many churches have become content to be the keepers of the aquarium rather than fishers of men. See, so we gotta stop keeping the aquarium. We gotta start fishing for men. Pastor Steve Kern, who left the states when El Salvador was in the middle of a war, and he went to El Salvador and he planted a church and he was on mission with Jesus and spreading the good news, and people were getting saved. This past week he tells a story about two Cajuns, Thibodeau and Boudro. These were two Cajuns, they were, they were cousins. And Pastor Steve, I guess he lived in Louisiana and he said, listen, Cajuns, they love to hunt. That's just what they do. They love to hunt and they love to brag about their stories. And he said, there's a story about Thibodeau and Boudreau, the, these two Cajun, Cajuns that were cousins and they, they, were, they loved to fish. Oh, they loved to fish. He said, Thibodeau was a better fisherman than Boudreaux," And it really got underneath Boudreaux's skin that Thibodeau was that good. And Thibodeau, when he would go out fishing, he would take a stick of dynamite, and he would light it, and he would throw it into the lake. Boom! All the fish would rise to the surface. That's how he fished. Boudreau, he didn't, he didn't understand. He didn't, never saw that. And so one, one day, Thibodeau came to Boudreau and said, hey, we need to we need go fishing. And Boudreau said, okay, yeah, let's go. And Boudreau was watching his cousin Thibodeau from a distance, and, and he saw a white box. And he saw his cousin Thibodeau reach into this white box and pull out this stick. And he lit it and he threw it into the, the lake. Boom. And Boudreaux was so upset because he worked for the, the Forest Service. He said, I knew it. He said, I knew you were up to no good. I, I knew you were doing something illegal. I, I'm going to report you. I'm, I'm going I'm to tell the police about you, Thibodeau. Thibodeau reached into the box, pulled out a stick of dynamite, lit it, handed it to Boudreaux. He said, we going to talk or we going to fish? When it comes to evangelism, when it comes to sharing the gospel, are we going to talk or are we going to fish? God calls us to fish. And so... I heard years ago, the greatness of a church is not in its seating capacity. The greatness of a church is in its sending capacity. And so as a church, I want the DNA of our church to be about sending, about going, about sharing the gospel. And serving God is uncomfortable. I mean... It wasn't easy for me just to walk up to people that I'd never met before. I don't speak their language and and to be bold and try to give them a track. And hey, do you have a moment? Can I talk to you? Like that was uncomfortable for me, and I'm a pastor, and I, I speak every week. But but when we surrender, when we put ourselves in a position where we say, okay, God, this is uncomfortable, but God, I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna trust your plan, I'm gonna trust your heart. I'm just going to be a a living sacrifice. I'm going to be used by you. And I'm going to share the gospel as best as I know how. But God, you do the saving. You open up someone's heart. And so that's what we did. We just said yes to God. And so we're going to be doing more trips in the future. And I want to challenge you to do three things. This is how you can be evolved. Number one, you can pray. You can pray for all the teams that are going to be sent Um, Lord willing, we're going to go to Bogota next July. We'd like to maybe plan two trips next year. We want to light a fire. We want to take people from our church to the nations because God has a heart for the nations. And if he has a heart for the nations, we should have a heart for the nations. So I want to encourage you to pray for our mission teams as they go. Number two, I want you to give financially. You know, that is a big way you can be involved You can give financially. You can be generous and say, you know what, I can't go, but I'm going to give so that other people can go. And then number three, maybe you're able to say yes to God. Yes, I'm going to go on a mission trip. I'm going to go for a week. I'm going to go to a different country, a different city, a different people group, and I'm going to share about the love of Jesus. I'm going to tell them about the hope of eternal life found in Christ alone. I'm going to let God use me. So that's the challenge. The challenge is let's be a sending church, right? Let's not talk. Let's fish. Amen? Let's fish. Let's pray. Father God, we just, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for uh, this missions team, this missions trip. God, thank you for, for what you did in Bogota. And how you worked in our hearts and and how you used us to spread the good news, the gospel to so many people. So many seeds were planted. God, we know that ultimately you do the saving. We're just faithful to share the good news. To be on mission with you. And that mission is the message. Lord, help us never forget that it's about the fame of your name. It is about the gospel going to the ends of the earth. It's about people opening up their hearts to you and receiving you by faith, receiving you as a gift. God, we pray for the 120 some people that made professions of faith this past week, those who made genuine professions those who got right with you spiritually god i pray for their spiritual growth i pray god that you would connect them to vida nueva this church there in bogota or god connect them to a bible believing bible preaching church i pray for their discipleship that they would they would grow in 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 the knowledge of you lord i pray that they would take this good news that they have received as a gift, and they would go share it with their families and their neighbors and their friends, that they would take this gospel to their oikos. Lord God, we have an oikos here. Father God, help us not to be just consumed with going to the nations. Lord, help us to go to our neighborhoods, Help us to go to our own streets, our own oikos, people that you've placed in our life. God, this week, give us boldness. Give us boldness to go to those people that you have placed into our relational world. Give us boldness this week to go to them and to verbally share the gospel with them, to tell them about hope and love. God, give us patience as we're taking the journey with so many people spiritually. Lord, help us to be uh, winsome in our words. Help us to redeem the time. Help us to be loving. Lord, knowing that it might take time for someone in our own oikos to come to know you. Father God, I pray that you would raise up men and women teenagers boys and girls in this church to take the gospel to the nations lord we say yes to you as a church we say yes to future trips and so god i pray that you would uh bless our efforts lord and bless the church there in bogota lord they're doing a great work thank you for the partnership that we've had with them and the future partnership we're going to have Father God, I pray for those here today that maybe have never trusted you, your son, to be their savior. God, today, may they open up their heart to you. May they realize today that they're a sinner. They've sinned against you. And that their sin separates them from you. But you sent your son, Jesus, to die for them. And you love them with a radical love, an unconditional love. And their hope can only be found in the resurrection. I pray for those today that they would just simply right now, just in, the, in the, the quietness of their own heart and soul, that they would say, God, I'm a sinner. and I believe that your son Jesus is your son who died for me, who was buried and came back to life for me. Today I turn from my sins. And I place my faith in you today. God, may you do that work in someone's life today. May someone personally express faith in you. God, we love you. We thank you for this time with our church family. And we pray this in Christ's name. And all God's people said, amen.